Welcome to Catholic Moms in the Middle, a podcast for midlife moms who want to live their lives in a way that creates a legacy of faith, hope, and love. In this show, I will equip and encourage you to become the person you were created to be by discovering your identity as a beloved daughter of God. This discovery allows you to live your unique God-given purpose to bring hope, joy, and healing to those around you. My goal is to help you encounter the love of the Father, to find healing and transformation through the Holy Spirit so that you can courageously magnify Christ in your marriage, with your children, in your communities, and with everyone you encounter in your daily life. Hey friends, welcome. I'm Jenny Gwen, and this is Catholic Moms in the Middle. All right, y'all, I am so excited about this week's show. I am grateful, and I am so honored to have Father Dave Pavanka joining us. Welcome, Father Dave. Thanks, Jenny. It's my pleasure to be with you. Yes, I so appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to join me. For those of you who may not be familiar with Father Dave, he's the president of Franciscan University. He has authored six books. He's the creator of the Wild Goose series on the Holy Spirit, and he has a new series he's going to share with us in just a few minutes. But Father Dave, I want to share with you that I first encountered you through the Wild Goose. Okay. I'm teaching RCIA at our parish, and it was such a great resource to share with people coming into the church. And what I found was that not only was it impactful on people who were new to the faith, but it was a great shot in the arm to those of us who are cradle Catholics or, you know, those of us who had been in the church for a long time. And I speak from personal experience. Sometimes I take the Holy Spirit for granted. Will you share with us your journey with the Holy Spirit? Sure, sure. Uh, honestly, that's just, it's nice to hear that exact, because it was really the intent of that was that, is to be able to reach, I think, a broad audience of, of individuals who, on one level, they know anything about the Holy Spirit, and then on the other level, a population that's, uh, you know, like you said, was raised Catholic, and Holy Spirit has something to do with confirmation. We're not totally sure it is, but something to do with confirmation. And to really try to broaden our, our understanding of that, because the reality is the scripture says, uh, we're not able to do anything apart from the Holy Spirit. And right. then I agree, I think that we really come to understand that more fully, that I am powerless apart from the Holy Spirit. It's is a great blessing. Yeah, so, um, boy, that's a, that's a big, big, big kind of leading question. Let, let me just say maybe what, what motivated the wild goose and, and, and the book I wrote with them as well. So for a number of years, I was, uh, sorry, I've been ordained 27 years, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for a number of years, I was traveling full-time. I was preaching, doing mendicant preaching, conferences, retreats. So that was my ministry full-time. I was on the road about 26, 25 days a month. And, and as I was just doing that and just being able to spend time with people in, in parishes and pews, and then also my own experience, um, we really kind of had this same question that actually Thomas Aquinas, uh, so I would know, not for a moment put myself and Thomas Aquinas in the same ballpark, but for this particular analogy, I will. And that was, he was looking out and he said, how is it possible that somebody can be baptized, confirmed, and receive Eucharist, but not living a dynamic faith life? 
That's really what my experience was, was, was going to parish after parish after parish and finding lots of good people. But just the sense that, that there is more, you know, there's more than just going to church on Sunday. There's more than that. And this, this dynamic, animated, lively faith life that I just wasn't sure people were necessarily experiencing that. And, and ultimately, the question was, well, okay, well, what do they need? And, and where I wrestled with it, and I'd written other books before I, I wrote the book on the Holy Spirit, was that ultimately that, you know, Aquinas would go on and say that we receive the sacraments, they're, they're efficacious, but they're not as powerful or as grace as they could be. And, and what do we need for that? We need the Holy Spirit to really alight in that and to awaken that. So that's really why I wrote the book, The Breath of God. The Breath of God is really the text largely that makes up the wild goose. The reason we did the wild goose, it's a 14-part video series. And the reason we did that is for a large population, they're not going to read a book. And the other is that there's something engaging. I, I hope you thought the videos were beautiful. I mean, they-, they Absolutely. They, so we, we thought that in itself is formative. So myself and organization, 4PM Media down in, in Alabama, uh, we created the wild goose. And really to do just exactly what you said, to engage a population who with whom the Holy Spirit is quite- unfamiliar and then that other population that you know something about the holy spirit you know has something to do with confirmation but other than that you're just not sure and, and just really be able to present the holy spirit that uh, yeah so so if we take a look at baptism the catechism said the baptism uh, it opens the baptism as the gateway to the life and the holy spirit and that's that's really significant that idea that it's a baptism it opens up for us a life in relationship with the holy spirit so it's really taking a look at the Holy Spirit. How does it animate our life? Um, how is it that Pentecost wasn't something just 2,000 years ago, but something that we're supposed to experience today? What does it mean that Jesus says, I've come to baptize you in the Holy Spirit? So these were all just questions that, that we wrestled with, that we talked about, we prayed about. And yeah, so far, so good. It's interesting that you say that you find that people were searching for more because and the in my ministry, working with midlife women, and most of these women are, um, their children are more independent. A lot of them are in that empty nest phase where they have more time. And I have a lot of conversations about how they feel called to do more, but they're not exactly sure what that looks like and, you know, what it would mean or, or how to even go about finding it. And I personally have been on this journey over the past six months that, um, it's all about the Holy Spirit and partnering with the Holy Spirit. And one of the things that I have found as I'm sharing this with other women about, you know, praying with the Holy Spirit and looking for the gifts in the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit's kind of a wild card, right? Because we don't really know how, you know, how it's, how the Holy Spirit's going to manifest or where it's going to take us or, or what's going to happen. So do you experience that with people where they're a little leery? Of the Holy Spirit? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's just really well articulated. It, it's, you know, the term, the, the wild goose was actually, it's an ancient image for the Holy Spirit. It was a Celtic image that goes back to the thinking by 1,300 years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, the Celts speaking of the Holy Spirit as a wild goose. And, and that's interesting because, again, if you've ever seen, literally seen a wild goose, there's something that's wild about them, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I think what we've done largely is we've made the Holy Spirit a domesticated dove, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's pretty to look at. Let's put it in its cage. It's, it's pretty. It, it, some images, right? Um, but 
genuinely. The Holy Spirit isn't supposed to be changed. Like one of the images, another image for the Holy Spirit that we use is fire, right? Pentecost, tongues of fire. And we like that image as long as the fire is under control. But as soon as the fire begins to raise, the first thing we want to do is control that. Right. The tendency that we have with the Holy Spirit, and, and a danger is just that, is, is that we try to domesticate the Holy Spirit. We try to control the Holy Spirit. I love one thing actually what Francis has said is that we ought not try to tame the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit should tame us. Mm -hmm. So here at the university, that's really how I lead my team, is, is that we want to try to figure out what God's doing, what the Holy Spirit is doing, and then let's follow that. It's not mm -hmm. just about us having some great ideas, or we should do this, that, and the other, and then, and then presenting it to the Lord and saying, here, Lord, bless this. You know, quite the contrary. It's about us being quiet and still getting out of the way, trying to get a sense of what the Lord wants to do. And then move with that because the likelihood of success, it impacts is so much greater if we're doing it that way. Absolutely. I know one of the things I've encountered on this journey is I feel like I'm on fire with the Holy Spirit and I feel almost greedy. I want all the gifts and all the charisms and I want to do all the things with the Holy Spirit. And I spend a lot of time trying to figure out like, what are my gifts and how am I supposed to use them? What will it look like and who will I serve? And I feel like God placed on my heart one day, um, you know what? Don't worry about all of that. Don't worry about what it's going to look like. Focus on me. Focus. Like if you focus on God, his plan will be revealed. No, that, that's absolutely right. I mean, there's not a lot to add to that. That's exactly right. Is that it's, yeah, that to the degree that God is animating us, um, that we are responding to his movement, responding to his grace. It actually takes away some of the pressure that we show. It's like, well, I got to figure it out. No, actually, I, I don't have to figure it out. In fact, one of the things that's more difficult to say is, you know, I'm just not sure. I, I literally just left a meeting. And we're not totally sure what we're supposed to do. And there's a part of us that says, well, we need to have all the answers. I don't know that we do. I mean, we need to stop. Again, bring the right people in the room, have this discussion, discernment. But let's be patient and trust that the Lord's going to lead. But the, but the word to use is, is so important is that it's it's the Spirit of God that's animating us, right? Just just today, the, the priest at the Mass today, one of the things he said is that the Scripture was that Jesus was amazed. And, and why was he amazed? Because he saw the faith of the centurion. Well, when the Lord sees our faith, you know, what's the word that comes? Is it amazement? I guess it's probably not. You know, for lots of people, Jesus looked bored, right? Because they thought the but that fire is exactly what, what the Lord wants us to have, is, is that fire, that animation. John the Baptist says that, you know, I've baptized in water, but there's one coming after me, and he's going to baptize you in fire. And that's, and that's something altogether different. Right. And the other is, you, you said, interestingly, at the beginning, you feel kind of free yourself. And shit. I continually reflect on the reality that the Holy Spirit, the Scripture says, the God does not ration his spirit. So... If our mindset is, I have what I have, well, then sure, we're going to be nervous. But if the mindset is, is what's animating me as a God who does not ration his spirit, then what, what are we worried about? I love that. A God of abundance. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, absolutely. We often, we God of scarcity, like we have to hold on to, but oh, quite the opposite. Yeah. So for somebody who is familiar with the, the Holy Spirit in the sense, like you said, from memorizing the gifts of the Spirit from confirmation and then, you know, knowing that the Spirit is active 
in the Mass and in the Eucharist, but they want to come to know the Spirit on a more intimate level. What are some ideas or suggestions that you would give to begin to build that relationship? Yeah, well, first, I think the, the manner, the way you ask the question is just really the right way to ask the question. And that is that um, we, we can, we have a pretty good idea what it is to have a relationship with the Father, right? Because we have this idea of who a Father is. And, and Jesus is a little bit easier, again, had a relationship. He was a man, he walked the earth, where it became flesh, he talked, he spoke to you. So, but the Holy Spirit's a little bit different. But it is important that we recognize that that the invitation is to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And, and that is all the things that a relationship means. It means time spent. It means getting to know. It's getting to be known. It's, it's sharing of oneself. So there's an intentionality that says, I want to grow in my relationship with the Holy Spirit. And yeah, the, the last three popes, John Paul started this idea of a new Pentecost. And Pope Francis and Benedict both really got on that idea of a new Pentecost. And and the reality is, is what I think what you're talking about, and certainly what I'm talking about, is not merely a cognitive understanding of the Holy Spirit, but it's an experience of the Holy Spirit. The reality is, is when we find the apostles in the upper room with the doors locked, I mean, they, they had the advantage of spending all of the time with Jesus and saw him do these amazing things. But on one level, it didn't make any difference in their life. They were in a room, the doors were locked, they were frightened, they were paralyzed. And it wasn't until they experienced the Holy Spirit that they began to say, oh my gosh, this makes sense. Well, that's what he was talking about. Oh, now I understand. You know, that's the same thing in our own life is that we may have all this information in our head, but it doesn't make any difference. So the Holy Spirit is not just something to be understood. It's something to be experienced in the same way. I mean, ideally it happens at baptism, it happens at confirmation, it happens every time we go to liturgy. But that intention says, Lord, I just want to be filled with your Holy Spirit and I want to be Scripture in, in early Luke, it says overwhelmed, overshadowed, you know, that, that same sense is what I want to be able to express. Spend some time with the first three chapters of the Acts of the Apostles and just say, Lord, whatever happened there, I want that to happen in my own life. Pope Francis has a really simple, simple definition. And he says that it's an encounter with the love of God that changes you. And, and that last part's important. You know, if we pay attention to the Scriptures, there are individuals who had encounter with Jesus, but it didn't necessarily change them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that had an encounter with the love of Jesus and didn't necessarily change them. So, um, again, this this encounter with the Holy Spirit, it's going to change us. Now, uh, like I think of my own life, some things, for, in many ways, for me, when I was younger, high school, was Romans 7. Why do I do things I don't want to do? Right? Make up places. I just don't want to do that. I don't want to do that again. I don't want to do that. And Paul says, I keep on doing those things. And then he says, but the things that I really want to do, it feels like I can't do that. Right. That's really, in my own experience, that's really what the Holy Spirit did. So this, this idea that I was changed, right, that I was overshadowed, it was the sense that I knew God was real, mm-hmm. uh, that I knew that I mattered to him, mm-hmm. that I was loved, and that the change that I began to experience was power over sin, a deeper love with the Eucharist. I read the scriptures and they actually, something spoke to me through those. It wasn't just this something written to them, but it actually spoke to me. Um, I mean, those, those are things that we want, right? That's, that's the type of life that we want to be able to grow in. So that's the, the, the idea that the virtue, the gifts, the charisms, the Holy Spirit, it all brings that back. It's not to say you're going to jump up in the middle of the mall and start preaching. I mean, that's not, that's not, unless, unless that's what the Lord wants you to do. But my suspicion is it's not what he wants most people to do. Right. 
As you travel around and teach about the Holy Spirit, what have you found to be the biggest misunderstanding about the Holy Spirit? I think that the, probably the largest is this, this characterization that the Holy Spirit is unwieldy, messy, kind of that, that 70s vibe, right? I think one of the things that, that we've struggled with is, and I actually don't use the word charismatic hardly ever. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of preconceived notions and understanding, even though it's a very scriptural word, but still there's just people that have these attitudes of, you know, the Holy Spirit, charismatic, my aunt Edna was that. I don't want to have anything to do with that. So if you notice in the Wild Views, there's only one episode that I even talk like that. The episode that I'm talking about, the charismatic renewal is a movement, that church. So I think that's a part of it is that this idea that it's like, I think I mean, some ladies, they would meet in the basement of the church and they were charismatic. So I don't want anything to do with that. And my point is, I don't care if you're a part of the movement or not. But what I am convinced of is that everybody needs a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit. So kind of um, unwieldy, in, in, that, in fact, it's quite the opposite. I always get nervous when I'm in a conference and, and we've invited people to speak. And you ask somebody, what are you going to talk about? And they go, I don't know. I'm just going to let the Spirit lead. It's like, don't blame that on the Spirit, right? Because the Spirit is the Spirit of order. If you pay attention, I believe it's Thessalonians. God speaks about the, the Spirit is the Spirit of order. So it's not just do whatever you want, whatever happens. No, there's, there's this sense of God working in order. Now, sometimes that Spirit surprises us. That's great. That's wonderful. But the sense that um, it's not orthodox, it's not faithful, it's not Catholic. I remember having been at a talk one time talking about the Holy Spirit, and they said, well, I'm just not into that because it's not really Catholic. It's like, what the heck does that mean? I mean, that, that's just the most ludicrous, once it's ignorant statement. Of course, the Holy Spirit is Catholic. I mean, that's just, I mean, we as a part of that are Catholic. That's just silly. So I think that's a part of some of the things that I hear, you know. Right. So let's talk for a minute about the charismatic gifts of the Holy Spirit, because I think there's a lot of misunderstanding around them. And if they're active and present in the Catholic Church today, like the gift of healing and prophecy. And so what would you say to that? Yeah, well, first off, I'd make a distinction between the Old Testament gifts and the New Testament gifts. And it's a distinction that's important is that the Old Testament gifts, everybody receives at baptism, right? Right. And there are the charisms that we all, the gifts we receive at baptism, and everybody receives those gifts, counsel, knowledge, with, you know, those faith, hope, love. Those are for, for like, the, the transformation of the individual. They're for the sanctification of the individual. So to the degree that I grow in the virtue and the gifts of the Holy Spirit given to me in baptism and confirmed in confirmation, I grow in holiness. For the edification of the individual. The New Testament gifts are really for the church. They're gifts that are given to individuals, communities, and bodies in the church for the edification of the church, right? And for the transformation of the church, you, you reference the gift of healing. Yeah, so um, imagine a parish community that is open to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, particularly healing, and people begin to see that manifesting, right? And we have people in our parish community who are sick, who are suffering, um, and you pray that the Lord heals them. That does something to the faith of the community. You know, the grace of the Holy Spirit is much more active and prevalent in a community rather than an individual. I get a little bit nervous sometimes when when we we put this individual on this pedestal. And, and again, I, I fully recognize experience in my own life. There are particular charisms that an individual receives, so that's great. 
but it ought to be in the midst of a context of a community gathered. So again, go back to the parish that, that there are individuals or a community has a charism of healing and they pray for people for healing and people are healed. I mean, that increases your faith, right? And again, the gospel today is the, is the one who goes to Jesus and says, heal my son. He said, you know, I've not seen faith like this. When we see God do things, miracles, right? Miracles were supposed to happen. They didn't stop 2,000 years ago. But I think the reality is, is we largely don't see them because we don't dance, we don't believe, we don't. And, and the community that is open to the Holy Spirit to continue and operate the works, you, you see great things. So healing, words of knowledge, prophecy, gifts of prayer, those are all chairs and they're open to the individual community. And again, for the building up of the community. Right. I completely understand how coming together in community is much stronger than just having individuals. But do you believe it starts, like you said earlier, with that intimate one-on-one relationship with the Holy Spirit, and then you bring that into a community setting? Absolutely. Is is that, you know, this the image of of the dove, you know, released in Noah, right? The dove looking over for some place to land, right? So the Spirit is is looking, right? Looking for a heart that's open. The Lord is looking to desire to pour out His Holy Spirit upon us. And what he needs is the individual who says yes. The same way Mary, right? Be it done unto me according to your word. So yes, I'll be open to your Holy Spirit. And then in that, the Lord works in that relationships in the community and relationships with the individual and might pray, pray with those gifts. Absolutely. So Father Dave, as we begin to wrap up, is there like one particular theme from the wild goose that you found had the biggest impact on people? Well, probably, yeah, let me maybe just mention two. Okay. Um, and then one of them is because, fortunately for a lot of Catholics, it's a term that they're not familiar with, and that is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Um, baptism of the Holy Spirit is in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and the Acts of the Apostles. There are a few things that are in all of the Gospels of the Acts of the Apostles, and yet... Baptism of the Holy Spirit is the theme that's discussed in each one of those. John Paul, Benedict, and Francis all prayed for this renewal of this baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, Second Vatican Council, John the 23rd says, Come, Holy Spirit, is it by a new Pentecost? It's a term that's somewhat foreign uh, to individuals. And again, what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? It's, it's what I alluded to earlier. It's an encounter with the love of God that changes you, right? That's a very, very simple, simple understanding of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I think it's Second or third episode of Wild Goose, where I really spent quite a bit of time taking a look at the scriptures, actually talked a little bit about how Aquinas spoke of that. Um, but that's the one thing. But the other one was kind of personal. It's the, the spirit of adoption uh, that I talked in one of the episodes that the scripture says that we did not receive a spirit of fear or slavery to fall back into, but a spirit of adoption, which cries out, Abba, Father. In that idea, this the Spirit comes upon us, and the Spirit comes upon us, what we do is we cry out, Abba. So there's some relationship between the Holy Spirit and the Father. And then that, that whole image of a spirit of adoption, which is just a beautiful image that, that in Roman law, if you adopted a child, you could never abandon that child. You could abandon a birth child for whatever reason, right? right? You wanted a boy, you got a girl, abandon the child. But if you adopted the child, you could never abandon it because you knew what you were getting. So what Paul is saying is, is the Lord has adopted us in our brokenness and our weakness and our past and our history, and he'll never abandon us. And it's the spirit that shows that. So that's just an image that I thought was, was really, really beautiful. That's beautiful. So if people aren't familiar with the Wild Goose series, where can they find it? 
Yeah, you can Google it if you just Google Wild Goose, my name, or you could just go to Wild Goose TV. You mentioned before we got started that you have a new series coming out. Will you tell us about it? Yeah, well, sure. So there was a second series that followed up the Wild Goose called Metanoia. It's really focusing on Jesus. So the first Wild Goose focusing on the Holy Spirit, second, which we filmed the whole thing in the Holy Land focusing on Jesus. Uh, and any guesses what the third series might be about? Maybe the Father? You are good. That's a word I want right there. That's a gift of the Holy Spirit right there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we were, you know, we actually, it was kind of wild. We, we had been beginning planning the third series on the Father. And then we had a global pandemic. I don't know if you had that where you were, but we here. Did. Yes. We, did. we had it in Ohio too. So, um, and then, and then actually my father passed away, which really we're, we're going to do a series on the father anyway. Um, but with my father passing away, it, it really changed that whole focus a little bit. One of the last conversations my dad and I had, we we're talking about what heaven was going to be like. And, and my father said, and Jesus is going to present me to the father, right? And that just that image of, of Jesus taking my dad and presenting him to the Father, mm-hmm. and that's all of our stories, that ultimately we're mm-hmm. living for that, right? That, that Jesus takes us and presents us to the Father. So we, we titled the series, My Father's Father, and just the mm-hmm. fact my father discipled me because he knew that I was going to be presented to the Father. It's just going to be really focusing on what does it mean that we have a Father in heaven? What does it mean that uh, our fathers, our earthly fathers, um, were flawed, you know, beautiful as well, but at times flawed. What does it mean that we're children? I always joke, I'd like to have a dollar for every time somebody complains about their father. Um, but rarely do we say, I might not have been a very good son, or I might not have been a very good daughter. Um, so I talk a little bit about the father of lies and the, how the evil one really deceives. And we talk about the, the priesthood and the beauty of the priesthood, but also the scandal and how do we reconcile those two things right. with the father. So yeah, it's, it's been, in some ways, I think it's the most raw, most vulnerable part of the series, because whenever you start talking about father, yeah. It just raises a lot of issues. Yeah. And where can people find that? Wild Goose TV. Wild Goose TV. Awesome. Father Dave, thank you so much. This Talk has been me. so insightful. And again, I just feel so honored to have you on my show and to, to share with us. Will you close us in prayer? I'd love to. I'd love to. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. As I always pray, we just stop for a moment. We ask the Holy Spirit to be present. We ask the Holy Spirit to come with light so that we can see and come with truth so we can know and hear. Lord, we pray your Holy Spirit upon all those who are listening to this program, particularly for that individual who is suffering most today, who is most confused, who is most lonely, that your Holy Spirit would be present to them, that your Holy Spirit would overshadow them. Lord, we pray for a fuller release of the Holy Spirit in all those who are listening, that they would experience the fire of the Holy Spirit. We make this turn your name, Jesus, you who are Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Jenny. Right. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks again, Father Dave. All right, friends, until we meet again next week, go out and magnify Christ in your little corner of the world. God bless. To learn more about my ministry for midlife women, go to catholicmomsinthemiddle.com and be sure to check out Magnify, my online community for women, where you will grow deeper in your faith. You'll find inner healing in areas where you have struggled for years, and you'll be equipped and encouraged to become the person God has called you to be so that you can go out and magnify Christ in the world.
The music for this podcast was written by Sean Williams, Catholic composer and musician. You'll find more of Sean's original music at musicbyshawnwilliams.com. That is music by S-H-A-W-N, williams.com. 